Hello and welcome to the Reorg Europe podcast, your weekly roundup of the most interesting trends and developments in performing credit, stressed and distressed, restructuring and post-reorg in the European and CMR markets. It's Tuesday, October the 25th. I'm Caterina Dassier. Coming up this week, Head of Credit Research Giulia Rusconi will give us a summary of the latest analysis the team published on the German headquartered consumer electronics retailer Seconomy and British supermarket chain Iceland. CIMEA editor Magnus Schirmas will talk us through the latest development of the Luxembourg headquartered metals and mining group Metalcorp. Middle market reporter Andrew Ross and I will be discussing the latest on Matalan as the UK retailer undergoes an M&A process. Finally, high-yield reporter Beatrice Mavroleon will point out the highlights in the primary market so far this week. We would like to hear your feedback to help us improve the podcast experience, so please take a moment to complete the short survey at the link attached to this podcast and let us know how you're doing. Hi Julia, let's first talk about Seconomy. The company has recently lowered its EBIT guidance for the fiscal year 2022, which ends on September the 30th, and was downgraded and placed on review for downgrade by Modis. Why is the company in trouble? Hi Kat, thanks for having me. So Seconomy sells consumer electronics, um, including large appliances like washing machines, freezer, but also televisions, air dryers and mobile phones, for example. It's a 500 million euro senior unsecured notes due 2026 are trading at 56 and a yield around 19%. And we think that this is a reflection of you know, a decline in discretionary spending, which usually happens in a recession, inflation and inability to fully pass down cost increases to customers. Also, there is a risk that supplier payment terms uh, could tighten and that credit insurers decide to reduce their exposure to the economy. Hang on, could you please explain this mechanism a bit better? Yeah, sorry. So Seconomy um, sells goods supplied by third parties. Essentially, it buys these goods on credit from suppliers with whom it has strong relationships like um, Apple, Samsung, Sony, Microsoft. And it it benefits from um, lengthy payment terms between 120 and 150 days. So the suppliers generally bear the risk of non-payment, hence they typically take out credit insurance against the economy and other retailers. And if the economy uh, financial conditions weakens, credit insurers may withdraw these products. And if they were no longer available to the suppliers, the suppliers may become unable to create credit risk and may choose to to reduce their their exposure or change payment terms, like, uh, um, I don't know, demanding earlier or advanced payment of the invoices. And the consequence of this is that the days of payables would go down and there would be a consequent working capital outflow for for the economy. And is this happening right now? It's not clear, like it's not disclosed, but we did note that um, days of trade payables in the last quarter, uh, the one ending uh, that ended June the 30th, uh, um, the days of trade payables were a bit lower than usual, although it could be biased by the seasonality of the business. In the fourth quarter, so the next one ending um, September 30, uh, usually days of payables are a bit longer, so we do expect a working capital inflow. 
but it's interesting that we tested that even just a seven days reduction in payment terms, so in the days of payables, would turn into working capital outflow, keeping everything else equal. On a positive note, um, Seconomy has plenty of liquidity on hand. Uh, between cash and the available RCF, it has about 1 billion 500 um, euro. Uh, so we think it could navigate a couple of tough quarters. So what you think um, investors should look out for? So, of course, besides a tightening of payable terms, uh, there are some near-term triggers. Uh, um, for example, the risk that the group uh, may miss its full-year guidance or that uh, there could be uh, a poor performance in the first quarter, which is critical for the company because there is Christmas and there are other flash holiday sales like Black Friday and Cyber Monday. But again, liquidity is good. Um, so I think the main issue is really the fact that the 2026 uh, maturity of the notes uh, exposes bondholders to uncertainty around the group's business strategy, uh, which we think is unclear and there has been a very high management turnover. And also the risk of uh, you know, potential deeper recession uh, beyond uh, this year and the next. Um, investor also, investors also mentioned that the business model is quite outdated, is inefficient because the decision-making process is very much uh, decentralized and the company largely operates through uh, brick-and-mortar channels with some online presence. Thanks, Julia. And since you are here, could you also quickly touch upon Iceland, the British grocer? Yes, of course. So Iceland has uh, 550 million sterling senior secure notes due 2025, which are yielding about 16%. They, they traded down uh, since the beginning of the year. They're now trading at about 78 from 95 at the start of 2022. And we think this is because of the high energy prices, essentially, and inflation in general, uh, which, is, which is really waving on, on the group's uh, uh, thin margin. And with full-year energy costs expected to be more than twice that of last year, um, there could be a reduction in EBITDA and a consequent increase in net leverage, which we think will remain above six times by March 2024. So this coupled with a thin equity cushion uh, means that Iceland's ability to simply refinance these notes in the market could be difficult. So how could the company deal with the maturity of the 2025 notes? So there is a material gap uh, in maturities of three years between the two sets of notes in the capital structure. So the company has uh, 550 million sterling notes maturing in 2025 and 250 million sterling notes maturing in 2028. So therefore, the group could, in our view, look to extend the 2025 maturity uh, closer, but still before the 2028 maturity or could also launch an exchange offer of its 2025 notes um, at the expense of a possible increase in coupon rate or other tighter terms. And this is, for example, what the German uh, pharmaceutical company Stada did um, one or two weeks ago, for example. And, you know, in general, cash generation liquidity looks fine. We estimate that, indeed, Iceland has room to offer higher coupon on the 2025 notes above the current 4.62%. Uh, 
And also maturity extension would essentially give Iceland more time to recover EBITDA uh, before addressing the capital structure in a more holistic way. And we do indeed forecast that leverage and cash generation would improve um, later in, in, in fiscal year 2025 and 2026. So to sum up, are you constructive on the 2025 notes or not? Yes, yeah, so I would say so. And I do think Iceland can find a way to address the 2025 maturity. And in the medium term, it's, it's, um, its credit metrics would improve as per our base case. But more importantly, it has liquidity and has a clear runway to that maturity. And I also think that in a recession, people may prefer to buy value goods, and this could potentially uh, you know, help uh, Iceland to gain some market share. Things keep developing for Metal Corp after it failed to pay down a 70 million euro bond earlier this month. Have senior editor Magnus Sherman with me now. Magnus, can you tell us more? Yeah, so um, on Metal Corp, we have uh, found out that the shareholder of, or the owner, the sole owner of, of Metal Corp, which is a Monaco Resources Group, or at least we thought so, um, they recently changed the ownership ship structure of uh, Metal Corp so that the entity that owns uh, Monaco Resources Group now owns Metal Corp directly. That may sound like a bit of an insignificant change, but it actually has an impact at the Monaco Resources Group level because they have a 50 million euro bond themselves and that bond has also dropped down uh, to the mid-30s now. The bond at Monaco Resources Group um, has a cross-default provision, so that uh, stating that a subsidiary, if a subsidiary defaults, there's a cross-default at Monaco Resources Group. And because Metal Corp defaulted earlier this month, bondholders there um, at least thought they had the right to to declare a, a cross-default uh, in November when the 30-day grace, 30 grace period ends. But because of this recent change at the ownership structure, uh, in the ownership structure, Metal Corp is no longer a subsidiary of Monaco Resources Group, and therefore they cannot declare a cross-default. Um, so this news uh, made some people scratch their heads a little bit because it's it's obviously a, a relevant piece of information. It wasn't disclosed openly in the market, and um, there's uh, growing concerns around corporate governance for, um, for Metal Corp. Meanwhile, they are also trying to vote through some amendments to the 2022 bonds and uh, bondholders uh, in Germany. This bond is held by a lot of German retail bondholders. They have uh, pushed back against the initial terms, now asking for an uplift to 10.5% interest in the bond in exchange for a um, a one-year extension of the maturity. They're also asking for repayments uh, in, in, in March and May, um, and the vote is, uh, is due to end later today. So um, we'll, we'll have more news later this week on, on Metal Corp. UK retailer Matalan sale process continues to be a hot topic. Andrew Ross has the latest. The deadline for the first round of Matalan's M&A process was last Friday, and we understand it received around 10 non-binding bids. The company's founder, John Hargreaves, was one of them. He's trying to take back control of the business and is understood to have submitted a bid with investment firm Elliott Management. Hargreaves, who is himself a lender to the business, faces opposition from an ad hoc group of second lien creditors, including CQS and Napier Park. 
which submitted a bid for the company of about £500 million on October 19th. Retail-focused investment firm Altieri Investors and UK private equity firm Oc Capita have also submitted bids, while several other private equity investors, particularly dollar-denominated funds, were considering bids. According to a report in The Telegraph over the weekend, US-based investment firm Flax Group made a bid for the business too. And Andrew, how many of those bids are likely to make it through to the next round of the process? So it's difficult to know for sure, but sources told Reorg that about five of the bids will be admitted into the second round. We understood that the second round um, will run for five to six weeks, during which shortlist bidders will have access to data rooms and management with the company, aiming to award a bidder, um, bidder exclusivity by the end of November and conclude a sale by Christmas. To help facilitate the sale, um, the ad hoc group of, second, of first lien creditors agreed to provide £200 million of stable financing, which means a prospective buyer will need to just fund £210 million, assuming bids hit the ad hoc group's target price. If the sale process proves unsuccessful, the ad hoc uh, senior secured bondholder group would be prepared to take full control of the group by part equitizing their debt and extending the rest to hold on to the company until the environment for a successful sale uh, really improves. The primary market seems to have picked up from last week. I had a call with Beatrice earlier to check on what's been happening. After a quiet week last week, the primary market seems to have sprung back to life. News that Rishi Sunak will be the UK's next Prime Minister after Liz Truss's 45 days in office may have contributed to easing market turbulence. INEOS launched a 1.15 billion equivalent term loan B in dollars and euros, which may be the chemical company loan that we heard had been in pre-marketing for a while. Proceeds of the loan will be used to extend in part the company's term loan B due in March 2024 by 3.5 years and for general corporate purposes. Gaming company Sursa, meanwhile, launched 350 million euros of fixed rate senior secured notes due 2027, with proceeds from the offering expected to be used to redeem a portion of the outstanding principal amount of the company's 6.25 senior secured notes due 2023. Following the successful 2021 International Women's Insolvency and Restructuring Confederation London Hybrid Conference, the IWIRC London Network is delighted to be hosting this event again, this time in person on November the 10th, with sponsorship from Reorg. The half-day conference will focus on restructuring and insolvency issues. Also, don't forget to request your tickets for Reorg's live panel event at Claridge's in London on November the 3rd, Navigating the Perfect Storm. We'll be hosting a leveraged finance panel discussion followed by a restructuring session. As always, email marketing at reorg.com for more details and to check the discounts available. More information on all the situations and events discussed in this podcast are available on our website reorg.com. We hope you can join us next Tuesday for another Reorg Europe podcast. Until then, have a great week and thank you very much for listening. Thank you.